0: Welcome to The Curious Sheep, the podcast for everything sheep. We'll ask questions, challenge ideas, learn from each other, and share the wonderful world of farming and all the fun that goes with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro at shepherding, just bought your first sheep, or live in the city and are curious about farming, I hope you can gain some knowledge for your own farm or a tidbit of farm info to share at your next dinner party. Hey everyone, we are finally back with another episode of the Curious Sheep podcast. It's been a few weeks. We kind of got stuck here on the farm being super busy with a fast and furious lambing group that kept us on our toes for quite a, about a week. And then we got into harvest. So it's kind of been all up in the air trying to schedule stuff. And most of the time I'm trying to chat with farmers on the podcast too. So trying to schedule two farmers to talk during summer and harvest can be a little tricky. But uh, we've got an exciting one today. I managed to catch up with Jim Bennett and his Josh son. They farm in eastern Ontario and they've got a large flock of commercial sheep there. And we talk a little bit about their transition from being dairy farmers to sheep farmers and working with family. They're a couple generations there working together and running that farm. And they also have an employee, which we kind of get into. I'm jealous of their employee. We've, we've got to look into that here on the farm, too. So if you want to follow Jim, he's over on Twitter. So follow him on Twitter, and you can see what he's doing on the farm there. But enjoy today's episode.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Curious Food Podcast. It's been a little bit. I got stuck in some lambing, and then we the had harvest happen. But I'm really excited this week I'm talking to Jim and Doc Bennett. Hi. Hey. Hello. How are you guys doing today?
2: Good. Very
3: good.
1: good. So, first, let's start. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your farm, where you are, and what you guys do?
2: Okay. Um, we are, we go under Ben Acres Farms, and we are about 10 minutes north of Kingston in Eastern Ontario, Frontenac County, um, South Frontenac. We were a dairy farm up until 2006. We're currently running well, about a thousand news. Hey, eh? we've got a what, thousand and three in inventory. Yeah, so um, and that's kind of what we're doing. Um, we do we used to do a little bit of cash crop, but now we are. Focusing more on growing our own crops uh, rather than selling crops. So basically for feed. So,
1: okay. And what do you want to talk a little bit about your production system and how you manage system sure. and what you're producing?
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're in uh, a confinement uh, situation. Uh, I think it's a bad word for it, but uh, <laughs> it is what it think- is.
1: I always tell people
2: that it's house sheep. That's right. House sheep sounds better. Um, yes, we have uh, sheep in an old tie stall, a newer stall, um bunk silos. Everything's been transformed to sheep here. Um, we lamb about seven or eight times a year currently anywhere from about 100 in a group to 300 in a group kind of thing Um, sell lambs every week of the year Um, yeah i don't know uh kind of what you're looking for there but that's kind of the basis what we do Romy. yeah
1: what did you did you find it an easy transition from dairy into sheep like what were some of those challenges I assume there was some challenges as far as transforming the space from dairy into sheep cows are a lot bigger than sheep but a lot can work as well but also maybe management wise you want to tell us a little bit about maybe how you had to change your thinking to switch from the dairy to the sheep
2: yeah um well, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was a dairy farmer, and you, you think differently as a dairy farmer. Um, how do I say it and not get a bunch of haters? But I just,
0: uh, <laughs>
2: you know, coming out of dairy, you think you can do anything, right? Anything's easier, you know? But it really isn't. And um, to be honest, we are probably as busy now as we were when we were in dairy. But, um Things are different. Uh, a little more, maybe a little more relaxed. Not quite as rigid, but um, definitely not a hobby farm kind of thing. So, what we had to do, all the barns, we've we broke out concrete. We we, uh, we did a lot of welding. Like everything we've got, we've basically welded gates ourselves. We we poured concrete here every year since I've been home from. Kempville College and that I graduated in 94 and every year we're remodeling something even when we were in the dairy but uh, kind of do a lot of stuff ourselves um, and uh, yeah I don't know as far as practices I guess our cattle were housed indoors we used to do pasture with cattle and it really didn't work because in the Kingston area as opposed like a lot of Ontario It's it gets dry in July and August and everything turns brown. So, um, yeah, and past in predators, pastures tough. Uh, I'm not saying it can't be done. There's lots of people doing it, but maybe not something we want to be doing. Um, So, you know, management wise. I don't know. Um, There's similar management. You you still got to be on top of things. Um, I always say that uh, we want to do better with our management um, because I was always kind of more of a put your head down and go kind of thing. I was you know, raised by my dad and my uncle on the farm and um, that's what we did. And maybe that's not the way to do it now. I think the things are more about. Solid numbers and what's making money, and what's not, so Josh, with me here we're kind of trying to focus on doing a better job on things um more lambs per you, more dollars per you, arch per lamb, um you know what's what's wasteful what's not wasteful, you know um what we should be looking at sort of thing, so.
1: And josh did you were you involved with dairy cows at all? or was that part of your decision involved well, to get into sheep and that's something that you were interested in
3: uh, so i I was about eight at the time, and uh eight or nine, and I was just starting out kind of feeding the calves and stuff um, It wasn't really. I didn't know a whole lot when I was that young, so dad kind of had the say. So
2: I think it was dad's right or wrong decision. I'm not sure yet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so for the far, most so part, good, so
1: good. Yeah. Yeah, that can be a, it's always a tricky thing when you make that kind of a decision because you're probably hoping you want your kids to take over at some point or be involved and i can imagine that was a tough decision
2: it was it was uh i guess yeah yeah,
3: go ahead well especially because he didn't know that i was going to go home
2: or i was going to stay on the farm
3: i think well i don't know
2: yeah no i i saw a future with our immediate family being able to work on the farm i guess I don't know. Um, I saw it like some of the things, uh, maybe the rise in quarter values, and think I have two siblings, and I'm i was thinking, you know, things are going up, kind of like real estate. I don't want to be the one to takes all of that extra and say thank you. You know what I mean? I, I thank you for this extra money in quota and and March on. And I kind of wanted my uncle and my dad to be able to have some sort of retirement package and have the farm continue on and some way, somehow it's not anything new that I didn't like dairy. I liked dairy quite a bit, but I wanted it to, I wanted a transition that they would get the value out of what they put into it in their years and still have the farm roll on, you know, it was still profitable. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it was right or wrong decision. I think some of the trade was scaring me. Some of the stuff going on in the milk board at the time, I was, well, we have discussions here, my dad and myself on it. And I don't know. We don't know whether, you know, some of the management was right when they, what things they were doing. But, you know, obviously it was, you know, dairy farmers are very secure. Everything's rolling pretty good for them. Um, you know, I think it was just maybe a bit of scare there we had too, you know, I don't know, but we did what we did. Uh, I'm happy with the life. Um, I hope Josh is, you know, um, we can't have as shiny as stuff as the dairy guys, but you just got to be happy with what we're doing and try and make a living kind of thing. So, well,
1: oh, it doesn't have to be shiny, you just have to work, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah so you've got there's both of you involved in sort of day-to-day stuff on the farm is your dad still involved as well
2: he's still involved uh he does a lot of trucking he'll do some tractor driving um he comes down every day kind of thing um later than he used to maybe goes home a little earlier but you know he's 77 he's doing darn well so uh he, we're happy that he's still able to do what he does. It uh, he helps out quite a bit. So. Yeah, he does. He does. Good, and uh, I think I think that's the key, right? That keeps someone going if they can have something to do every day that maybe helps you feel a little younger. So
1: and then it probably gives you a little bit of flexibility too in case there's busy days or you need to take a day away and that kind of thing.
2: That's yep. right. Exactly.
3: Yeah, or, or days that you need to, like, you have to be in the barn doing stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Dad's trucked, boy, 80% of the stuff in the last yeah. few years. Um, he seems to like doing it. Um, you know, he might not do it forever, but we're appreciating it right now for sure.
1: Is there certain tasks that each of you do, or do you work sort of as a team and get it done? Or, yeah, is there specific things one of you likes doing more than the other? How do you split it up? Hmm.
2: Um, I think we all, we have, some of us have our own jobs. Like uh, Josh is a lot of hay cutting. I'll do the spraying. Uh, usually both uh, in the barn uh, kind of thing. Maybe me a little bit more in the lambing jug sort of thing. But he does a lot now. Uh-huh. Um
3: feeding, yeah. feeding.
2: Um, we also hired a uh, young lady there this summer um, pretty well full time so that's that's been good for sure. Um, we really didn't have a spare moment to even work on stuff or, or equipment or anything. anything that we needed to do um, so it's been good now, in the off-season, it's just like anybody, if you have an employee, you've got to um, find jobs when you're not lambing or whatever. Um, and that's, you know, we're getting on to that. It's taken a bit, but we've, in the dairy and even with the sheep, we've had some people work for us um, kind of part-time, but uh, it's been good so far. So, Yeah
1: that's a that's a reminder for me too we're getting to the point where we could really use someone who knows what's going on on a regular basis and so we can take yes. a bit of a yeah. breather here and there
2: yes yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been good like uh like yeah. we've been we taught her like she's not a farm kid at all um and she can stomach tube lambs she can pull, uh, out, lambs. pull out lambs now Yeah.
3: Well, she checks all the burns every day. Yeah. Treating. Just the little things like cleaning out the waters and just doing the little jobs. So. Yeah.
2: She can treat lambs too. Like she'll walk through daily for look for joint problems or pneumonias or. um, So that's really. Because
3: all that time adds up. Like when you're got to be in the barn doing
1: that kind of stuff
3: yeah
1: you need to especially if you get something like joint problems or joint health those need to be looked after daily and it's one of those things it's easy to say "Oh, i'll get it later and then all of a sudden it's tomorrow or the day after and it never happens
2: exactly. yeah and it
3: gets worse right
2: yes. so yeah. yes yeah. it's so easy to forget you're like okay i gotta go down to that one treat that one then going down the other end of the barn there's something going on it's like oh you know and you go you forget about the other one and, and so yeah, yeah. So,
1: with all the stuff that's going on you said you're lambing seven to eight times a year how do you schedule that how are you doing like breeding groups how does all of that work
2: um how are we doing breeding groups um what are we Oh, Even well. Like cedars and, or. Yeah, is that what you mean, Roman? Like, like cedars and things? Cedars or, or, or how do we.
1: Yeah, do you, do you use cedars or how are you? Are You're ultrasounding as well?
2: Yeah, we're ultrasounding. Um, we use Rebecca. Um, and uh, cedars usually from what? Uh, probably February yeah. on to. August kind of August, thing.
3: August and September. Yeah,
2: um, that's kind of been our plan. Now we did do kind of a last last month. We threw some boys in with with some use and yep. uh, just kind of cold cold turkey sort of thing. Just put them in and um, and there was a fair bit of action. We'll see what happens. We just sort of did it to get to fill a gap of lambing that we were noticing we were having. We were kind of missing a bit of an area there. So we thought, well, let's put it in. We might get 50%, hopefully. You know, I don't know. But, uh, and now we just, we've got some rams. We put some rams next to some ewes today, hey, for uh, first September breeding sort yeah. of thing, get them ready for two weeks of kind of ram effect, I guess, exposure, so.
0: But,
3: uh... We like groups of, like, around 200. Yeah. Um, That works good for our barn.
1: Yeah, and yeah. then I assume, like, you know, just lambing-wise and when those lambs are then moving through the feeder barn, too, you like that size of group.
2: Yes. Yep. Everything's not too full, and if you're not too crammed, things seem to stay alive better, so. The more area, the more space, the
3: better, so.
1: Mm-hmm. um what about some? Um, since we're on lambing and we just finished lambing here at our place and i've always been top of mind what are some of your big uh tips or tricks for lambing time
2: hmm. tricks um what do you think josh We let them know any of our tricks. I don't know. Give
1: us your
2: secrets.
3: (laughs) I don't know if this is a trick, but we have uh, like cameras in the barn. So we are always checking while we're like if we're away or if we're in the field or even at home. um, And that can help out a bit.
2: Yeah. Uh um, I don't
3: know oh, what else trick.
2: Um, I guess maybe protocol. Um in the cold time of the year, everybody for sure gets claustrum in you know, stomach tubed. Um warmer time of year if the moms get lots of milk and they look like they're drinking. Um, anybody over like if there's three or more lambs. And they get stomach tube, usually one or two lambs. If they look good, we leave them alone. Um, anything, usually over two lambs, unless the mom's really good and she's gonna feed the lambs, usually we will uh, put them on the milk feeder. Um, we raise, how many lambs do you think we raise a milk feeder a year? Kind of 600 probably around there yeah Yeah.
3: probably 600 um but we're trying to increase
2: that so we did some changes this year we took an old milk house and uh put some slotted floors in there and the milk feeders in there and uh we're really happy with it hey josh yeah dry so a lot drier and yeah it's better air yeah
3: so so far like
0: yeah, give any
1: it. is there anything special you do for those those milk lambs the ones you're raising on the machine that's kind of a question i get once in a while is how do you get bottle fed lambs to do really well?
3: To what? To do well, did you say?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, like um, i
1: always find clostrum's that big one.
2: Yes. Yeah, if you can uh, so yeah. If you can leave yeah. the lambs on mom, in the pen, for for a day or two, yeah, before um, you take them, like even like if you don't
3: take them instantly, kind of thing,
2: yeah. Um, if they can get a shot of mom's colostrum, you're you're farther ahead than than the powdered stuff, you know. Um, Sorry. And
3: especially like the first two days when they're on the milk feeder you want to be trying to feed them like whenever you can yeah go Um, in like go in like five six times a day kind of thing and just keep even if it gets you know a quarter of a cup or something
2: get them up get them moving yeah because they're they're babies they're sleepy and they don't want to get up you know
3: um we like to do that anyway with all our milk
2: feeder lambs is always get them up in the morning
3: and uh i get them up in the afternoon if they're down again just to get them moving
1: just to get them back up and eating and what age do we the bottle what age are you weaning the bottle lambs at
2: uh we're running what 24 pounds yeah that seems to be what we do um yeah 24 pounds and then we'll wean them there's some that take them down to like 18 19 i think if you can do it that's awesome but we haven't had the greatest luck doing that so we've had them crash yeah Mm
1: -hmm. or it's working pretty good on on a weight basis you're not doing like a certain number of days or anything
3: yeah i've heard of people doing that um we're more comfortable with the weight, I think. Uh, just because some days you'll gain that and then other days you won't. Um, so, like, I think the lowest we've ever gone is 23 pounds or 22 pounds, like, max. So
2: Unless you come to the end and, like, there's some stragglers that just aren't doing it. Yeah. You'll uh, pull that, them off. and that
3: then... You've noticed that the been on for a while so
2: um yeah so so far we're not not a time thing it's more of a wait mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah i'll have to maybe try that we've been doing 30 35 days but okay yep so uh, that's i don't yeah, it's I... well the group that's we've good. got the group we've got now on the theater i've had a bunch of like little four or five pounds no maybe not four pounds five pounds
3: yeah. little like
1: pocket lamps and they're doing fantastic but i don't know what they'd hit that 24 pounds
3: right, what do you, uh, you thinking that like in between the 30 and 35 days how many pounds I mean, would you would they be growing a day
1: i haven't done enough group to get those kinds of numbers so we've just been Finding by that 30 35 days they're eating enough seed too and then that seems to be good enough and then
3: do you think they're like 20 pounds 25 pounds
1: yeah i think so um the, the one big group we did we didn't weigh them when we weaned them but we weighed them the same time we weaned the other ones and they all weaned at the same rate. nice so that works really well yeah. but yeah we we haven't done quite enough groups to really fine tune a lot of that, or some of our groups. You know, there's maybe ten or fifteen in the next group. There's thirty or forty. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. all over the place right now. Yeah, yeah. Depending on depending on who's lambing and what breed it is.
3: Yeah, depending on the groups.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you? What are you guys doing for feeding? Fashion wise, nutrition wise, what do you guys do there?
2: Say that,
3: Josh. Um, we're feeding. uh, We're feeding uh, corn. um, uh, Corn and corn silage, so whole corn at the moment, and then corn silage, and roasted soybeans, um, and then haylage. The
2: the lambs will do, we've got some, some groups of the milk feeder groups. And if we have some straggler ones, we've got like a grain ration thing that we've got going that we make here. Um, And and then on the regular feedlot lambs, they're on TMR. Mm
1: -hmm. What's the new TMR for the feeder lambs?
2: That's uh, like rat bales, haylage, um uh, dry corn and, uh, molasses, molasses and, and, bay and, uh, toasted beans. Molasses
3: for the summer, so. Keeps, the uh, keeps them heating. because so. they're sitting in bunks, so. Like, we don't, we, we don't feed every day the lambs, so we'll feed usually every other day.
2: This the stuff keeps keeps it cool. It's a liquid protein or was it liquid feeds? Yeah, stuff? liquid feeds. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I can't recall what it's what it's called though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it seems to work pretty good. Are you guys still doing the uh um and uh, for your lands?
1: We ran out, so right now um right now it's grain corn, corn silage and distillers okay um, and that's the first time we've done a mix like that i really like the the snap wedge or the cob meal that works really well they yeah. almost when we weaned those lambs they almost weaned themselves off of their pellets and got onto that quicker nice before that's we nice. Were doing this, yeah before it seemed to be a little bit of a longer transition but they really like that that cod meal so
3: now are you, you're feeding the cob meal and distillers and, and that's it or, and then yeah, mineral was, or?
1: Yep. Yeah. So custom mineral. So the mineral has the, um, gosh, covotech in it or whatever it's called. Oh
2: yeah.
1: And yep. Then, um, distillers, we were doing soybeans and um, yeah, that's the cob meal. So that's all it was. So really simple. That must just be that how the cod meal is processed or something that they really like it or it's better feeding, for them.
3: Are you feeding that every other day too, or once a day, or how are you feeding?
1: Do we, with how our feeder is set up, we feed two times a day. Um, our, like the little bunk we have isn't big enough to hold more than that. And we yep. find they, so we feed in the morning and then we feed, when that's all cleaned up and we think intakes that they think there's fresh feeder, and it makes them clean up what they have there's not quite as much sorting oh,
2: yeah. Good. yeah yeah
1: yeah but yeah it gets yeah. into a bit right like you're doing twice the, or every other day um because it ends up sometimes being a really small mix to do so it's almost more work right but because we don't have the space we're having to take the time make a mix
3: every day anyways so yeah so with our our actual grain mix like our on our on our weaned lambs um too we're also um feeding like on some spots we're feeding so they have unlimited like in flex augers um but some of the littler ones in the milk feeder lambs we'll feed them twice a day. So once in the morning and once at night, feed mm-hmm. it fresh. Yeah. And, and then are you they'll doing, just, We'll just leave that to, and let them lick that right up. So
1: are you doing, what kind of a protein is that grain mix? Uh,
3: it's oh a, boy. um, I thought it was 18 or something like that.
1: 18. Yeah. So you're keeping your grain mix a wee bit higher and then as they get older, it'll be watered down a bit with the rest of the the TMR feed.
2: That's right. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good. Do you have any um, tips or tricks for feeding sheep for other producers or suggestions, um, especially if they're looking into TMR feeding or anything like that?
3: Uh, Just make sure it's not moldy. Um, Like, don't let feed sit and just... Like if you think they're gonna eat it up, and there's too much there, and just feed over top the next day, um, it's problem. That's when you get problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just don't let feed sit. Um,
2: bunks work nice. Yeah, bunk, bunks work well, really nice. Well, that's debatable. Everybody's got a way to yeah. do it. Like, you know, you got your drive thru and it's like. So fast, yeah. But yet, they're so, pushing feet away. So you've got to go up there later. Um, well, we've got two different yeah, setups, right? So, so
3: we've got the walkthrough, uh, like you guys do. But then we also have, you know, half of our half of our feeding is probably bunks too.
2: So um, bunks are nice for using lambs. They, they keep the lambs. In sort of thing, and I don't know, they keep the barn a lot quieter. We've noticed um, they're not blatant when I, when you go in, sort of thing. They're waiting for you to push up the feed all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a, a gold standard because it really depends on a situation. Exactly. Uh, there's, not yeah.
3: a, there's, not a there's not a perfect way. There's not perfect way, but no. and I also like the bunks because. You can also have, like, if you're using lambs, you can also, um, those lambs will be in the bunks, and they're actually eating the feed. So, they're eating the feed plus the grain we're giving them. Yeah. So, I think
2: that's a bonus.
3: Yep. I Are seem to move to... on
2: the TMR better if, they, if they're able to eat the TMR.
3: Yeah, because they'll pick
2: away at it.
1: Yeah, they learn how to eat it. And are you? Yep. That just gets me thinking. Are you keeping your own replacements? Like for replacements, it's really important that they do eat that forage just to help with rumen development too.
2: Yes. Yeah, we uh, we are now. We used to be on the Shepherd's Choice program, but um, now with John exited the business, uh, yeah, we are raising our own replacements. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. So I don't know if I have any more questions specifically about the sheep, unless you want to add something. Hmm. Or maybe here's, here's another question. I asked you for tricks and tips, but what are some things, you maybe have something that went really badly that you've learned from to do better. Like has there <laughs> been something that kind of really kicked you on the butt that you'd like to tell and, what happened or what you changed
2: it's it's anything right now we've got lots of stuff (laughs) going. we've got lots of things
1: (laughs) there's always Uh, something right oh man Um, like what would you say to a starting out sheep farmer like someone that's just getting into it or someone that's looking at you know say their goal is a thousand you how what's something to get them there that would that would have helped you out when you started
2: go slow um Make sure you
3: have enough feed to support all the animals. Um, yeah, like. Before you just jump into it. Yeah. Well, tell them the, about how you ordered when you first wanted to oh, get in, right? Well, like,
2: yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to. I was a dairy farmer, so. I don't want to make people mad, but we think differently. We think we can do anything. Maybe that I'm just judging. Maybe that was just me. Maybe I was the the, the bad one. But um, yeah, I we were getting out. I thought, yeah, I, I had ordered a thousand, u-lamps from John Steele. Oh my god!
1: Yeah, oh. I thought, oh, shit, wow. I can do
2: it. Shit, I can do dairy. Why can't I do this? So, and got cold feet. We uh, we had we'd put the cord up and. Uh, I was really having a hard time. we we got back in, and um, and then when we finally changed our minds and no, you know maybe we should go this way with sheep, I could only get twenty ewe lambs from John, and that was uh, that was the same year. Only a couple months later, so I was like, oh my gosh, now what? So, yeah, and I'm glad it went that way. I got twenty ewe lambs from John. And I got. What you get? 50 Ritos, I think that's all, or something? That was an 06. But if I would have had 1,000, I probably would have had 200 die. Uh, yeah,
1: I could, like, just, for anyone who doesn't know, it's so, like the Shepherd's Choice, it's a, it's a composite maternal breed, and, like, the ones, our materials that we have from them now, like, these are the sheep we're getting quads and quintuplets from. So, starting out, just think about That number of those sheep is
2: terrifying, yeah. Yeah, like like, every one had three or four, like so. Yeah, no, that was that was good that that happened. Um, I
3: was still in school, so I would be, you know, he'd be on his own, yeah. So
2: I could have been on my own anyway if I would have done that, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So but anyway, if anybody doesn't know what we did when we were in, in the cows and we decided to go sheep, um, we also, my wife, Chantal she built a dog boarding kennel at the same time. So that has been great for us. She's had an income. I've had an income. And um, that's kind of what we did uh, that help things go. So, if you are getting into sheep and as a pair married, please have some other off-earn income for a while. Um, also, when I was when we went from dairy to sheep, like we had a lot of hands in the pot. Like a lot of people think, oh, you guys are millionaires, you went out of business, you can do whatever you want. No, it wasn't that way. Like we owed a lot of money. We had a lot of tax and we had pensions to pay. So um, I worked uh, in um, home renovations for a while uh, until I got the numbers up enough. So Mm -hmm. I would do work in the morning, uh, you know, do the chores and go on, do that in the day and then come home at night. And you'd be worrying about the barn all day when you're out doing that. And then you come home and work again. So I have real respect for people that have off farm jobs around a farm. That's not easy. That is tough. And uh,
1: those are recent memories for us and it seems like so long ago, but it's such a it's a juggling act and but at some point, like what was the tipping point for you for number of sheep to stay home?
2: I think we might have got up to four or five. Four, yeah, in there somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: um we were yeah. also cropping a bit we we're going a bunch of beans and stuff but um yeah so that's kind of what we did it was just getting too much but you know I've never made as much money per hour in my life <laughs> <laughs> you know uh yeah that's that's something but i it was it wasn't for me i I liked it I learned a lot doing that um but I I'm a farmer through and through, like Josh is here. Like, you just, it's what you know and it's what you do. And I don't know.
1: And Josh, have you worked off the farm at all or have you always been involved in one way or another?
3: Yeah, I've always been on the farm um, right through. Well, even after public school and like during public school, like seven, eight, And, uh, like, every day in high school. So, yeah. And then I also, I actually also work on a dairy farm, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Just two nights a week, I milk cows for uh, um, my dad's buddy. So
1: In the sheep industry, there's not many second-generation sheep farms that kind of get passed on, and I'd love to poke your brains a little bit about succession planning. Do you guys have anything formally set up, um, or how are you getting involved in the operation, Josh? How's that looking for you?
2: Right now, Josh is still an employee. Like our our farm is a is a corporation. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I, it's it's my still my dad and myself. So things are slowly coming over to me. Um, he's an employee right now, but we'll have to get onto something, you know, when he gets a, another couple of years on to him and do something there. Um, that's kind of what happened when I, I think I might've been 25 or 26, I got into the corporation. Um, you slowly get shares or whatever, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, right now kind of, it is what it is, I guess. Um. He's an employee. I guess we're we're both employees of the corporation, but yeah, that's that's how it is. There's nothing really laid out yet. If uh, if you're looking for tips or tricks on that, it's still, you know, coming from my dad down to me right now. So, um, yeah, everything takes a long time. The succession is a uh, it's a tough one for everybody, and everybody's situation is different. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the actual logistics and the paperwork can be, can be really tricky. Yes. Um, but other than the actual paperwork and stuff, I'll ask each of you. Jim, what would be um, a piece of advice you would give other farmers who want to involve their kids? Yeah.
2: Um... Well, one thing a lot of people say, and I never really had it before when I came home, is uh, have them get a job somewhere else for a bit. Um, You learn a bit more how things are and not take things for granted sort of thing. And um, I think that's a a good thing. If your kid wants to come home to farm, I haven't even got a job for a year. Just let them see what it's like out there. So if they still got the farm bug, they'll either come home and want to go wholehearted, or say, "You know what? I don't even want a farm. I'm going to do something else." So, and they'll learn respect for bosses, elders, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So that's that's a good one for um, I guess both the the successors and the successees um anything what would you say to the younger generation coming in what are do you have something for them to help them get involved or to help take over the farm
2: who some uh well i guess like i said before know your numbers better than the old guys um you got to know your costs like things are not getting any cheaper like you know, everything is so expensive. I don't care if you're talking about a farm or you're talking about a, you know, diesel or a tractor or a part, or a part, parts, my golly. So, yeah, you got to know your costs, know what's going to pay, know what's not, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Where a lot of us are, are wholesale commodity type producers and... Uh, maybe we got to look at more of the consumer stuff, kind of like things that you're doing, Romy. You know, maybe there's a little added value added stuff someone can do on the farm to make that little extra. If you've got the time and patience for it, I think it's a great uh, little benefit, you know. Um, just look at, don't look at doing exactly what dad did. Um, try something maybe a little bit different, maybe a little bit outside the box. Um, yeah. I think that, like a lot of us when we got into sheep farming, that's kind of what we were doing, wasn't it? We're all good doing something
3: out the outside box. the box. <laughs> well, I know all your dreams, so
1: yeah, yeah. So, Josh, what's your what's your out of the box then for your dad?
3: Ooh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just, I don't, my dad's not a real numbers guy so like he said he he just kind of puts his head down and works hard um and my goal is to kind of uh i want to know more about the numbers uh, i'm more interested in that well i'm still in like i still I want to work, but I want to know the kind of the results of where we're getting, not just put your head down and work. Um, yeah, so. Because mm-hmm. in the end, it, it pays off, I think. So.
1: And Josh, would you have some advice for farmers who are looking to, um, transition um i guess the for the older generation like what would what would your uh piece of advice be to to have them help the younger generation get in Uh, what's helped you out
3: just kind of like jack of all trades like knowing a bit of construction welding plumbing just little things um like if something breaks down try not to you know calling your dad for everything you know what i mean um just kind of trying to work it out yourself
1: i don't have many more questions for you but i'm curious if you guys have any future plans or what's happening on the farm in the next couple years
2: we've had some barn ideas and things we may go that way. They're trying to do better with what we have get at the moment. Them. Trying to do just Yeah, do better. Get more lambings.
3: Get more lambs for you. Lambs and, for you. Yeah. And
2: yeah, just
3: the biggest thing is saving. Um and then, you know, once we you know, it might it might take a year to do that, it might take four or five, you don't know. So Um, But the future is, I would like to build a barn um, in the next five years, at least. So, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. The answer is always more sheep, right? (laughs) That's the problem, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It's
3: like anything, yeah. But it comes to a point where you can only handle so much. Yeah. The girl that's been helping us, she's uh, like we were at, I think we were almost at her max um, when she wasn't here. Um, But now that she's here and I think she's willing to stay, um, we might expand a bit.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have enough you know, going forward, even if she didn't stick around, right? You, you'd have enough work to hire someone full time.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Like she works a forty-hour a week a week, so yeah.
2: We feel that w- w- she can probably save us enough well. lambs with what she does, eh?
3: Yeah, well, we figure, like, if she can save, like, I don't know, even if we're lambing, like, uh, like one lamb a day kind of thing. Like, if you can save five lambs a week, because um, right now she's just working from Monday to Friday. Yeah. But if you can, if you can save five lambs a week you know, that's covering her cost and more, so.
1: That is a really, really easy way to put it.
3: Yeah, so I just that's, figure like, that's if,
1: easy math, right? Yeah, right.
3: so, if, you know, if, if she saves one, like, you know, but someday she could save five if she's lambing, you know, <laughs> and especially if we're lambing, like, if we're not lambing, like, if it's slow time, you know but she's still treating for joints and and things like that so i think realistically if you just put a one lamb that, that she's saving a day it'll cover costs
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh for sure yeah
1: yeah i bet some of that even translates into if you know if she's there a few hours a day versus you working 12 hours a day so you're not as stressed out that's worth something too.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. And you're not always thinking like you, you know, you have to do this, but then you got to do this before and, you know, she can, she can be doing this, but you're doing something else. So.
1: Mm -hmm. How do you guys manage um, an employee? Like you have a list for her every morning or is she part of some of those management decisions as well so that she kind of just catches on to what's going on and what needs to get done? Um,
3: So, at the start, we were doing a list, um, and we were lambing, so obviously lambing time is a bit busier, Um, but now she's kind of got to the hang, like, in the morning, she'll she'll do all the, like, the chores that she's kind of, like, after a while, she's got the hang of, and you don't really need to ask her to, like to show her a list like she knows what to do um and then kind of if if we're doing sheep things like in the barn she'll help us in the afternoon or if we want her to do something else um we'll tell her before we go for lunch um and then she can do that while we're doing other things
1: Mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah, I'm, I'm definitely jealous of you guys for having an employee <laughs> <We> just, <laughs> it's, it's one of those it's on the list like we know we should do it but yeah there's it's always it gets so busy at lambing and then you get done lambing and you're kind of like oh I have free time again we we'll I'm getting caught up and yeah. then it starts lambing time again
2: <laughs> well it was it was getting to the point where it's just like all encompassing like it, you just every minute you had so many jobs you should have been doing and yeah like what well, like cropping like we got crops in, in like
3: two weeks or a week and a
2: half yeah it was really good like and that never happens like we were so. lambing putting crops and she kind of came well she came over to see us it was the long labor day or the late no not labor day the spring uh, long weekend may 24th or something yeah something like that, something like that. but anyway like we had a rough day and, you know, we've been talking about employee forever and I was just like, you know, whatever we can do it. We can do it. We can, we can, we can do our work. You know, one day we had a rough day. We were planting, we were lambing, we were doing everything. And Josh said, you know, I know this one girl, you know, she's been looking for farm work. Um, what do you think? To give her a call. You know, at that point, at that night, I was just like, you know what? Call her. I'll her come over tomorrow. We'll talk to her. And yeah. I was just like, I was just wore out and tired. And it's like, it's the best thing we ever did. So, you know, I hope she sticks around. So,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, yeah, and I think... she seems to like it. So
1: good. I think some of that goes back to the, the comparison with dairy farming. I you know what I've, I've talked to people about that before, is if you want a full-time sheep farmer, if you want to be a full-time farmer, you almost need to look at it. Like being a dairy farmer, you need to be that invested. But at the same time, you need to be able to slow down and have the extra help so that you don't wear yourself too thin.
2: Yes, that's right. And you can, you know, and it, it. I could see how it can play on your mind you know and you just got no time you can't do anything and uh it was getting that it was getting close it was getting tough but no it's it's made a big difference so i would recommend it if you can figure it out and lamb saved it's worth it
0: yeah
1: you
3: just got to mm-hmm. keep the lamins coming
1: yeah again the answer is more sheep the answer <laughs> yeah. everyone's problems yeah. get yeah. more, the, more lamb's out the door the better <laughs> Well, unless you guys have something else you want to add that I missed asking, but um, thanks a lot for joining me on the podcast. I think there's definitely some good points people can take away.
2: Yeah. Good luck to all the future and existing sheep farmers. Yep. Thanks, guys.
0: All right. Have a good one.
2: All right. Take care.
0: Thanks for tuning in and make sure you head on over to Instagram to follow us at Circle Our Lamb where I'll be posting links to the episodes as well as the show notes and any related tip sheets and materials. Feel free to ask any questions or give us suggestions for future episodes. Thanks and happy farming.